0: What's up, brother? What's going on, bud? Dude, so uh, I guess we got to tell everybody about uh, what's happening this spring, a couple pretty exciting things. Yeah, super excited
1: with, uh, you know, with the news you're about to give out. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. So uh, I guess the first thing that we're going to announce is that we, uh, we have a new relationship with uh, Schedulicity, um, the Schedulicity app, which is the scheduling app. And uh, um, I mean, we've been using it for a couple weeks now. So yeah,
1: it, it's doing everything that I, uh, you know, that my previous app was missing. And I'm totally digging everything that, you know, I'm allowed to do in it. You know? Exactly.
0: It, it, it's pretty cool. I mean, I, I suggest anybody that's looking for a scheduling app, uh, for any kind of scheduling to go look at it. We, um, I mean, from our side, it's just been so cool and so easy to use really. And even our clients are starting to use it now and and they're really digging just the ease to make um, online appointments.
1: Yeah. All my clients, you know what I mean? They, uh, they can, they're to- in total control of making their own appointment with me mm-hmm. and uh, they really, um, they're you know there's a big huge shout out they love it.
0: Yeah, I you know what's pretty cool about it too is um I mean we I haven't experienced it too much but you know just reading their literature and stuff about it is how if you have a hole in your book they'll actually fill it. So like it could be a new client or whatever. So the schedule the app is actually set up like a like a community so they can um they, yeah. they can, you know, they can, they can fill your book for you. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The whole marketing part of it, you know, to help you market your business is is pretty brilliant. Actually, it's pretty genius. It's pretty cool. You know, especially because, you know, a lot of us that move to a suite, you know, we kind of, we're just starting out learning how to, you know, operate our own business. So right. they have these things in place to really help you uh, grow your business.
0: Yeah. I love it. And um, I'm also, again, I haven't done it yet, but um reading it. I can't wait for is how hey, you can actually put products on sale. And as your clients book their appointment, it'll allow them to. It'll let them know that it's on sale. And by the way, they can buy it even before they come into, uh, into the shop. And then you just hand it to them and send them on their way. So, I'm pretty excited about trying that option out. I can't wait to until uh, some of the spring deals start coming out, so we can start implementing those.
1: Yeah, and that's not the only thing that, that's exciting. That's happening with us.
0: I know. Well, you know, officially, what we did is we signed an ambassadorship. So we're doing like an ambassadorship and. Um, we're two things that we're super excited to announce is one is that the ambassadorship is with our dear friend Presley Poe, yep, and uh, so Presley's going to be on the ambassadorship as well, and that Schedulicity is is sponsoring our show that we're doing with Presley Poe and Frederick Maryland on April seventh on <laughs> April seventh. So on April seventh we're doing a a really cool hair show. It's going to have Presley Poe and and the newly awarded naha award winner <laughs> naha award winner that's right Blush Blush Maine, Maine, that everybody knows on instagram and god her work is incredible uh, yeah. and she's teaming up with updo guru casey Powell, and, and casey's amazing too and um they're actually going to do a class together as well so on april 8th they're going to have a class like an updo class uh, yeah up we Brave have three classes going on april 8th uh and you can learn more about that at
1: presley uh and but dude that, that's going to be a killer class yeah
0: it's it is I mean somebody I, today on Instagram somebody was like it's going to be an epic hair weekend you know and it's so cool that we can um that we that we're kind of bringing it to Maryland
1: Yeah yeah and we get to be a part of it and get to I mean I am just so excited I can't wait
0: I can't wait either but let's drop a couple more names so we got Presley Poe we yep. got Blush in Maine Yep. We got Updugu. We got uh, from uh, Project Runway. You know, um, Lynn we, Nugent. We got Lynn Nugent, and we got Miss um, Jackie, Jackie Davis. Miss Jackie Davis. So uh, Jackie was on the podcast too. So uh, definitely listen to that. But uh, and to me, just as cool is we
1: got Ben Mullen from, as our MC. Oh my God! Yeah, he's MCing the whole whole thing. And that guy's a riot. And anybody who knows Ben Mullen, he he has uh, the Ben Mullen
0: Project. Uh, if you ever wanted to do public speaking. He has the class to take a hundred percent. I mean, like if you ever want to um, present in front of a stage or even present it in front of your, uh, your salon staff or, or, you know, whatever. I mean, Ben's got this, just, just this incredible program. Also, we have hashtag Presley Poe that Cosmoprof is, uh, you
1: know, underwriting for us, which has been fantastic. We, the outreach for that has been incredible.
0: Yeah, it sure has. I mean, we, um, I, I mean, just the entries have been incredible, right? So I know Presley I know Presley's kind of nervous Because she got to make a pick Yep <laughs> <laughs> you know, She actually called me And was like Oh I don't know what to do There's so many great entries here But I mean again Let's just thank Cosmoprof Beauty um, And uh, Megan Gantz really Let's just thank them a lot for, for, for supporting this Another day is here And you're ready for it What to wear? Check Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check Planning for what's next And how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app.
2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and
2: a member FDSE. Yeah, oh,
1: I, dude, I am so stoked.
0: You know what I'm stoked about? What was that? About saying it. Go ahead. Can I say it? Is it yeah. time? Is it time? Is it time? Is it time? So for the very, very first time, we'd like to uh Hair Distry and Schedulicity presents your day off podcast. Hey, hey! Welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. And of course, I sit with my best bud Tony. What's up, Tony? What's up, brother? Another day, man. Another podcast. Another day. I... So I'm gonna go. Go. Oh. So we um uh, we met today's guest. We met her in LA and uh, we were um, me. I'll speak for me. I won't speak for you, but you know, it was, it was certainly an intimidating room that we were in. Um, and uh, I'm just really excited that we were able to kind of meet her and to kind of like slap fives with her a little bit. And then, um, and then today she's, uh, she's coming on the podcast to, to tell us a little bit about her story. Yeah. She's, I mean, what she's doing is, is
1: pretty ridiculous. Uh, very, imp- it's funny. Cause before uh, we went live here, I'm already thinking about podcast number two and number three she's <laughs> right. doing so much amazing stuff that she we're is. not going to be able to cover it all, but we'll definitely get into her story.
0: It definitely will. I mean, she uh, – it's amazing to me because, one, she's so young, but, two, she's making such an incredible impact, you know, uh, generally or broadly speaking over our entire industry, and I'm just really, really super excited to, uh, to bring her in. You said speaking, and she definitely
1: speaks our language, right? It's all about giving – back to our industry yeah she's uh she's definitely like-minded after her own heart
0: so i think we should introduce her instead of like just calling her her right her (laughs) Her, her. i agree so listen if you don't follow this woman on instagram you must follow this woman on instagram today we're super super excited by the way why do all hairdressers say that Super excited, but we are super excited to bring in Jamie Dana hairstylist, or it's at Jamie Dana hairstylist on Instagram. And if I mess that up, I'm sure Jamie's going to um, correct me on there. But... better
1: at that, though.
0: Am I? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get in my own way anymore. An easy last name to remember, today, That's right. right, exactly. So, Miss Jamie Dana, welcome to your day off.
2: Hey, how are you guys? I'm so, I am so excited to be here. (laughs) I say that all the time. My husband makes fun of me. He's like, you say that way too often. So you guys proved the point right there.
0: I mean, we do it. We do it like everyone does. Like every time someone like, if you look at like their live or something, it always starts off with like, we're super excited and I'm not even making fun of anybody. It's just just an observation that like, we're all just like super excited. When
1: we were in LA, it was Danny Tiger. She was making fun of me. She's like, you know what I mean? I guess I say, you know what I mean? On the podcast all the time. Oh, that's awesome. So when I saw it, she goes, you know what I mean?
2: Yes, <laughs> yeah. I do. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great.
0: That was So uh, Jamie, actually, before we kind of get into it, like, dude, what, what, uh, we met in LA, we met at the, um, at the Salon Digital Summit, which was put on by Modern Salon. So mm-hmm. how, how'd you kind of find your way there?
2: So I got asked actually by Eric Taylor. And it's funny because I didn't think that I was going to be, asked to be a part of it at all. Um, And so Eric Taylor, who is from Salon Republic, um, the founder of Salon Republic, he asked me to be on a panel. And it's funny because he, him and I have had a relationship. We've kind of just connected through the industry and through Instagram and stuff. So I, he has a podcast. I've been on his podcast before. Um, But anyways, him and I just talked and he was like, Hey, I'd love for you to be on my panel. And then he told me the other people that were going to be on the panel as well. And it was, Rihanna Capri and Nikki Lee of 901. And then um, another woman who has a social media um, consulting agency. And then there's little old me like on this <laughs> panel. And I was like, are you sure? Like you want me to be on it too? And so I was super flattered. Um, so yeah, that's how I found my way there. But yeah, definitely didn't feel like I fit in with everybody else, but I felt well,
0: so very you felt like, how there. we felt. He felt like we
2: did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love so, it. Um
0: so uh the Salon Digital Summit, it's um I, I mean I guess the best way to kind of explain it it was a room full of like quote unquote influencers, you know. And and yeah. you know for, for Tony and I like like the room including yourself, like the room is filled with a hundred hundred thousand followers people, you know what I mean? And then there's Tony and I with our 3000 followers, we certainly didn't feel like we should have been in that room at all. And, uh, you know, for us, I mean, it is quite intimidating.
2: Yeah. It's one of those things where I think that we all think that everyone is way ahead of us and like has way more followers and you're like, oh, they must have X amount of followers. But in reality, I think a lot of people are way, you know, not at that level um, than where we think. So even though you guys probably felt that way in that room, it wasn't that way. It just feels like it, you know? And I think that's true. It's like you start to look at everybody else and what they're doing, you know?
0: What
1: made us feel different about it is when Corey and I before we got on stage to, to do our live podcast, we were making jokes. Corey's like, I'm gonna see uh how you know who's l- heard of the podcast and I was gonna say, Oh, I see a couple in the back and then when he started playing our theme song and, and start introducing us and the love and the you know, the the love we received from the crowd was yeah. uh kind of confirmation, like, you know what, this is totally we'll be yeah. all
0: right is, yeah. here, you yeah. know. Yeah. It was exactly. Pretty cool. It was uh oh, you know, we all have our own influence, I guess, right? Yeah,
2: and that's the thing I think, yeah. I think people don't realize is like sometimes you can have such an impact and influence, even at a smaller follower count or you know, smaller like number. It doesn't necessarily have to be a hundred thousand, you know, you can still be making an impact, and you guys have shown that too. So I think that's super cool. Well, thanks, Jane. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, let, let's get into Jamie. Enough about us and enough about uh, <laughs> the modern salon thing, Jamie. Like, where are you from, man? Where'd you grow up?
2: So I'm from Orange County, California. So Southern California. Um, I grew up there my whole life. And I was actually homeschooled my whole life, which is super funny. So. I grew up homeschooled, homeschool nerd. Um, I turned out okay, though. I think uh, I wasn't too, you know, nerdy. Um, But yeah, so I grew up in Southern California, and I basically was able to, because I was homeschooled, was able to graduate high school at 16. Um, And it was awesome. My mom was kind of like, well, what do you want to do with your life? And Kind of when I was like 12, kind of thinking about like career moves or like, hey, what do I want to be when I grow up? Um, I originally wanted to go into like the fashion industry and do stuff like that. I think Project Runway had just come out at the time. And so, you know, I was super into that. And I was like, I want to be a fashion designer. And I started to kind of like sketch and draw. And I realized that I cannot draw worth beans. And I'm also not great at just coming up with stuff on my own. And so I was like, okay. Uh, that's not going to happen. And my mom was like, well, why don't you do something like hair school? And I was like, yeah, I mean, that could be cool. And she was like, you know, like you could always, at least, even if you didn't do it as a living, like you could always cut your kid's hair or like your husband's hair. And, you know, and I was like, okay, like, that's a good idea. And it's funny because my husband's actually bald. So he has no hair. He, he does have an Epic beard. So I do cut that. Um, and we don't want kids. So ironic enough, you know, that didn't work out, but anyways. Um, so I graduated high school at 16, went straight to beauty school when I was 16, 17, and then started writing the industry at 17. So I came out super fresh, Really young, um, and it was it was hard because a lot of times you know clients would sit in my chair and they're like, "How old are you?" and I'm like, "I'm 17," you know, <laughs> and they're like, "How long have you been doing this?" and I'm like, "A year," you know, totally like trying to just make it work. Um, and so I worked at a regular salon, I assisted, I went to commission rental, and I was about at a salon for five years. And this salon, unfortunately, just became. Really toxic over time. You know, the owner just basically was really passive aggressive. And, you know, kind of when leadership starts out kind of in a toxic, negative energy, it trickles down to the other stylists and the other people around. So, you know, back room became a place of complaining and bitching and talking about each other and talking about clients in such a negative light. And so I knew that I needed to. Kind of move on and go from there. So I started to look for spaces in my area. Well, Southern California is super expensive. So real estate's crazy expensive and there's not a lot of real estate available, um, especially in a cool area. I mean, they have spaces in like shopping centers, but that's not really where I wanted to be. Um, So I started to look around and I actually looked for a space for about two years um, before I was able to leave my salon. And this was kind of at the time where I knew I needed to leave. I knew I needed to find a space, but there just wasn't a lot out there. So I did, end- hold on,
0: hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Jay. Like here you're this 17, 18 year old kid and like you knew to play the slow game, you know, where, I, where at that age, so at, at that age, everything is like, you know, you're, you're just, just reactive, you're just reactive, yeah. right? You, you know? Right. React. Well, I think, I think, mean, I think right.
2: for me being homeschooled definitely helped. There's like something just different about it. And I've always been an old soul, like, At 15, I was just like an old soul. And I actually got married at 18. So my life started really, really early. Um, And I think being homeschooled definitely helped. You just grow up in a different manner. You have to like learn how to talk to adults. And like, well, kids are still in high school. They don't know how to speak to adults. I don't know. So
0: uh,
2: I think that helped. But yeah, I think just being an old soul and I don't know.
1: (laughs) So how how old are you right now looking at this spot?
2: So I was, let's see here, like 22, 23 at this point. So yeah, probably 22. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm looking for a space, trying to figure out what that looks like. Um, I knew my business behind the chair was strong enough to go out on my own because I was renting my chair in the salon at that point. So I felt confident enough that like enough of my clients would come uh, with me. And I had built a lot of my clientele myself. It wasn't like I had got a lot of clientele from the salon where the salon was, was in a horrible location for walk-ins. So it's not like I really got fed a lot. I built my business myself, which again was helpful when I knew I was going to leave that I wasn't going to just be like relying on the salon's clientele. Um, So I ended up finding a Phoenix salon suite and that's kind of when the salon suite concept first kind of came about. And so, yeah, i Found a salon suite and moved in there. And that wasn't my ideal location um, at the time, but it was like in the right area for where I wanted to be. And honestly, once I moved there, that's really when my business started to explode. That's when kind of Instagram was kicking off. And I mean, Instagram had been around for a little bit. Um, and I was kind of on it like at the salon that I was at. But again, it was I was not around like-minded people. They were negative, they would like look at me taking photos of my clients for Instagram and like make fun of me or make fun of me for doing the new trends, like the ombre and the balayage and things like that. Um, so <laughs> anyways,
0: tell, I, well, before we anyways, how did you, yeah. tell me you Again, I mean, you're young, <laughs> you're impressionable. I mean, how did I, I just, I, I, there's no way at 20 years old that I wouldn't have been affected by the people goofing on me than, than, than being forward thinking.
2: Like, yeah, like, I mean, I, I think we we'll go back
0: to homeschooled. Go ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, would say, I think for me, like, it was one of those things where I just kind of was like, this is what I know is right. And this is what I know that I need to do. Like, I want to put myself out there on Instagram. Um, I had seen other people start to grow on Instagram. And this is, again, in the early days of when Instagram was kind of breaking out in the hair industry. Um, it's when independent education was starting to come out. I mean, things like Butterfly Circus had just come out, and there were more independent educators. And I think at that point, I was like, I could foresee myself going into education, but I knew that I needed to really kind of create a brand for myself and a name for myself. Um, and so, yeah, like as much as they wanted to make fun of me, I was like, I don't really care what you think because where they were at in their business was not anywhere that I wanted to be. I wanted to be way further and beyond that. And so I was like, well, you're not doing it right in my eyes anyways. So I don't really care what you think, you know? Um, Speak a, lot of,
1: speak a lot about your mom and dad. I mean, th- to give you that type of confidence as a young woman, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That, that's, that's, that's pretty impressive because like, you know, we went to public schools and we got picked on and we got, <laughs> we got <laughs> bullied. So maybe that's why we cared a little bit more, but yeah. your mom and dad uh, instilled, uh, you know, something special in you to in order to stand up at that young age to, Fighting like criticism
2: yeah. yeah exactly yeah one it's funny so actually in beauty school so when I was 16 17 I'm in beauty school and I actually got bullied by one of the instructors there um and it was crazy it was like the it was the most insane thing that like ever happened she was like totally picking on me and this was, like an instructor at beauty school who's like supposed to be teaching you and helping you start out your career um and it got so bad that I actually got her fired <laughs> so yeah that's a whole nother story but it was just crazy <laughs> <laughs> one of those things where So I actually did really have my first experience of getting like bullied in beauty school. There was quite a few students that didn't like me because I was a teacher's pet, you know, like they'd ask a question. I had the answer. Like, I don't know. I just, I love having the answer. And so (laughs) definitely people made fun of me for that. You know, the kids that were slacking off and didn't really care. Um, So I did get a big taste of that in beauty school. But I think things like that kind of helped me, again, make me more confident of like, no, they're not where I want to be. Like, I don't want to be these kids goofing off. So I'm going to like do the opposite and I'm going to just push past them. Like, I don't really care what they think. And that's just kind of been the thing that's kept me even to this day. I mean, like I get hater comments, especially like on things like YouTube. I mean, I talk about this like every day, like I get a hater comment and it's just like, okay. And you have to just keep pushing through because again, those people aren't where you want to be and you have to be doing something right in order for people to make fun of you. That's the only reason why they're doing it because they're not confident in themselves.
0: That's so, the takeaway right there, yeah, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a tweetable. No, <laughs> um, um, it's true. I think those things are the things that really help kind of push you and grow you through life. And I'm thankful for those experiences, even though they kind of sucked in the moment. Um, you know, I'm thankful for them yeah. in the end
1: i was nowhere near that at that age
0: no way no you know? way no way i was looking for the room not 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 yeah. to fight against the room i'd have been the one goofing on jamie you right know? Yeah. <laughs> you
2: <laughs> like guys would be else. the ones making fun of me yeah exactly
0: <laughs> and then Corey would have got fired yeah exactly Where's Corey? Yeah, he was here yesterday
2: exactly jamie got him fired
0: jamie <laughs> come on man i thought we were friends buddy right? oh. we spoke about your
1: husband earlier uh when did you meet your husband
2: Okay. So this is a crazy story. We don't talk about this a lot, but um, so my husband and I actually used to do musical theater. And um, so again, me being homeschooled, I had to do outside activities and stuff. So I wasn't like totally socially inept. Right. So um, (laughs) I started to do musical theater at like a community theater. So it wasn't involved with the school or anything. It just was like a local community theater. And my husband was there. And obviously at the time, He was there and I was there. And um, so I actually met him when I was like 15, 16. And the crazy thing is, my husband is actually 18 years older than me. Um, So a lot of people, their minds just probably got blown right now. (laughs) Um, And he has a big beard, so you don't really know that he's that much older than I am. And I think because I'm an old soul and he's not an old soul, we just kind of like met in the middle. Um, So we became really good friends at that point and just started kind of hanging out. And we basically got engaged right when I turned 18 Um, and my family was super supportive. His family was super supportive and it just was like one of those things where it was meant to be. And it's crazy because when I was younger, I was like, I'm going to be a career woman. Like I'm not going to get married till I'm like 35. Like I'm not doing, I don't want to be tied down. And lo and behold, I got married at eighteen. So lo and
0: behold, she got tied down at eighteen. Uh, (laughs) yeah,
2: the complete opposite of what I. And it's so funny too because I had always said like, I am never gonna marry my first boyfriend. That is crazy. Like I want to date around. I want to have fun. And again, never say never because you you don't know what's gonna happen. When it's right, Uh, it's right. Exactly. Yeah. And so we've been married for seven and a half, almost eight years. So yeah. Congratulations, Mm -hmm. man. Thank you. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. so uh, so you started working at the Phoenix Salon, right? And then, mm-hmm. and then what was that experience like?
2: So I honestly loved it. It was right for me. And I don't think that it's right for everybody. Um, for me, I really like just being one-on-one with my clients. And I didn't need all the other stylists around me. Um, I'm an introvert, so which, again, a lot of people find surprising. I'm an extroverted introvert. So for me, I actually get a lot of my um, recharging by being alone. So working in a suite was a great environment for me. I don't feed a lot of energy off of people. In fact, people actually drain me. And so I loved being in a suite and it was great because I could go next door and say hi to my neighbor or go talk to the girl, you know, in the suite next to me if I needed to. But ultimately I was just with my Clients by myself. So I really liked it. And that's really when my business started to explode. Um, I think because I was able to brand myself the way that I wanted to, I wasn't around that negativity anymore. Um, and that's again, kind of when Instagram was in the early stages of really pushing people out there. So I started to utilize Instagram to grow my business. I knew that I needed more clients because I did lose quite a few moving, um, and just going out of my own. And so that's when I started to really utilize Instagram to grow my business. And it got to the point where I think within a matter of six months, I had, you know, been booked a couple days a week. I definitely had holes in my schedule. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like fully booked out, It would be like, oh, yeah, I have a couple appointments available next week. And they would slowly fill in, type thing. And in a matter of six months, it was to the point where I was booked out two months in advance. I was gaining uh, like two to three clients a week, like just from Instagram, sometimes up to like five new clients a week from Instagram. And so that's like when I was like, okay, this is where it's at. And they weren't just like random clients, like walk-ins, you know, they were actual right. clients that found my work, loved what I did, um, were willing to pay my prices, were willing to wait two months to get in to see me. And they were dream clients, really. They weren't brute touch-ups and old lady blow-dryers, you know? They were like mm-hmm. people I wanted to hang out with and they were willing to pay my prices, which was huge, you know? so
0: That's incredible. So what were you doing like early on on Instagram, like to set yourself... Uh, Apart from what other, well, what were you doing?
2: So at the time, there was definitely a lot less people on Instagram. So that helped. But honestly, it was just putting out the right content to the right people. And so knowing how to speak to those dream clients, knowing what kind of content they wanted to see, knowing what kind of photos they wanted to see, what kind of captions spoke to them, and what kind of captions actually converted them into actual clients to book with me, um, I think was huge. And knowing, exactly who my dream client was and speaking to them helped a lot versus just posting up my work and just hoping for God that somebody, you know, booked an appointment Mm -hmm. with me. It definitely helped kind of having that targeted message to them. You
1: you knew the type of clientele that you wanted.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And at the time it was like balayage, blonde clients. um, And that service was still relatively new at the time. Um, And I knew like I wanted young clients. I wanted clients that were willing to trust me with their hair, that were willing to try new things that, you know, would allow me to play with their hair a little bit more, um, allow me to get photos for them for Instagram, you know, things like that. So um, that definitely helped. But yeah, having that targeted message and again, putting content out there that I knew that would convert them into actual clients.
0: That's amazing. I mean, she's kind of like, I want to get there. I kind of want to get there a little slow, but like, like she's changed and I might be speaking for you, Jamie. So, you know, tell me to shut up. But like, like, like she changed her, like, uh, was it a to B market? And now she's like B to B, right? So now she's speaking to the hairdresser. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested in like how her, how her messaging or how her context has changed. So now she's attracting like hairdressers and those become her clients as opposed to, to, uh, to, to like, Client, client, client. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I everything.
1: mean, there's got to be a curve to it, right? Because you know you're approaching Instagram one way to build this business, mm-hmm. and then it curves in a completely different clientele, uh, but still the same uh, social media path to to, bring to in your business. Right? Exactly.
0: Right? But we'll get there. So, so how do we get from Phoenix? And then, like, I'm so intrigued about when you just when you, when you were like take this job and shove it. So, did that happen? Um,
2: yeah. Well, so well, there's. Quite a bit that happened in between there. So, um, so even when I was actually at my Phoenix, I again, like I said, Butterfly Circus had come around. Independent education was just starting. Um, a lot of independent educators were traveling the country and you know going from salon to salon. And at the time, they were posting this on Instagram, and I was like, "That looks so cool! Like I want to do something like that." And I knew early on in my career that I wanted to eventually go into education, and my original goal when I was like well I don't want to be behind the chair when I'm like 50 years old so I'll just go and like teach at a beauty school like that was like always just my backup plan or I'll be a rep for a company and I always thought that that was like as far as I was ever going to get in education Um, but I knew that I probably didn't want to work for a brand and work my way up in the corporate structure of a brand so when independent education started to really make waves in the industry I was like that's really cool that people can you know do their own thing, support the products that they want to support, talk about what they want to talk about and really have this like audience of people that care. Um, and so I saw that I was like, that's super cool. But I also knew that I didn't want to be going from salon to salon because eventually you're going to burn out and you could only reach so many people doing that. Um, and so I was like, how is a way that I could take education to more people, help more people grow their business without having to travel around the country. Um, and that's when I really started to get into, introduced into like the online marketing space of online courses and webinars and just online education in general, not in our industry, but outside of our industry. And I also thought that everyone was teaching balayage and braiding and all of the blonde classes. It was mostly like balayage and ombre at the time. And I was like, I can't go teach what everybody else is teaching because what's going to make me stand out? And so I was like, what is something that's lacking in our industry? And at the time it was business education. No one was talking about business education. And I was like, there's a real need for that. I feel like hair sales need to learn how to run their business. I don't care if you can do the best balayage or the best ombre or best whatever. If you don't know how to market yourself and you don't know how to run a successful business, you're never going to see that success. Even you could be the best colors in the world. And so I decided that I was going to teach more business education and that was going to be the thing that I went into. And I started working with a business coach and he was like, okay, well, let's break it down. Like, you can't just teach everything to everyone. Like, what are you going to focus on? And I was like, well, honestly, like I've grown my business with Instagram. I think it's where it's going. I think it's where it needs to go. And I would love to focus on that. And I know a lot about it. And he was like, all right, let's dive in. And so this was in like Early 2016, um, I started to just kind of create uh, like content that was for the hairstylist. That was how to utilize Instagram to grow your business. And in July of 2016, I actually launched my online course, which is called Oh Hot Gram. And that has transitioned over the years as well. But um, that was like my first deep dive into education. And it was one of those things where at the time I didn't think I was an educator. Um, and in fact I had another educator reach out to me and they were like wow you're such an amazing educator and I was like (laughs) what I guess (laughs) okay like there was confirmation for me like whoa you actually are an educator and I was like okay I guess I am and so um
0: so in those those early years though like so you were still doing hair behind the chair so
2: Yeah. We're doing
0: posts that were both like client focused as well or gaining client focused as well as gaining like hairdresser support. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Well, it's funny. I get this question a lot because there's a lot of people that have been growing their business and trying to you know grow their business behind the chair, but they're wanting to transition into educator. Like how do you balance the two? Um, So it, it can be tricky, but it totally can be done. And so like what I decided when I was, figuring out if I wanted to, you know, gear my posts towards hairstyles or clients. At the time, I was definitely talking to both on my page. So I would try to find either like a common ground with my posts. So basically what I did was my captions, I just made them educational So if I posted a photo of, you know, a balayage or something, I could talk about the service and what I did, or maybe the formula or the technique, um, but also still gear it towards clients of like why they would still want to come see me to get their balayage done and to the hairdresser, why they care to follow me. So it can totally be done. There's definitely a trick to it. um, But it's usually in your captions and just the content that you're educating no matter who you're educating, your clients or other hairstylists as well.
1: So you're Instagram bilingual, right? (laughs)
2: Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. You're ambidextrous, you're sharing both sides. Um, And so, yeah, it, it can totally, totally be done. So anyways, yeah, you can definitely talk to both hairstylists and clients at the same time. I just think it depends on... My question to you would be, what is more important? Do you want to grow your business behind the chair or do you want to grow your educational business? If it's 50-50, then split your posts 50-50. 50% 50 towards clients, 50% towards hairstylists. If you want to grow maybe your educational business a little bit more, maybe your behind the chair clientele is doing well, you don't need to put as much effort and, you know, Effort into it, I guess, then I would say do 75% of your posts towards hairstylists and the other 25% towards clients. And I started to do that. And if you scroll way down through my page, you can see that where I was about 50 50. Then I started to transition a little bit more into hairstylists, less clients because behind the chair was doing yeah, really I'm well.
0: Gonna you, I'm going to slow you down a little bit. So yeah. when you say like it's 50 you're, 50, you're putting up one picture, but you're talking to both audiences or Uh, each post is focused on a uh, another audience.
2: So it depended. I mean, it kind of depended on the content that it was. So sometimes it would be actually a a one post split 50, 50, like talking about two hairstylists. This is the formula that I I use. And, you know, like I would usually start out the caption, something about, you know, the client that like maybe a story about, Client, so I would say something like, Let's say it's a blonde balayage photo. I'd say, This is my client, Haley. She came in and we decided to brighten up her balayage. And um, you know, she had virgin hair and she wanted to brighten it up for summer, so we decided to, you know, do a balayage. Blah 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 blah. I ended up using X, Y, and Z formula. Um, you know, if you wanted to book an appointment for this, I have a few openings open next month for new balayage clients. So you can see how I hit kind of both. I told the story. I talked to both hairstylists with the formula, but then I also talked to clients at the end, you know, with like, if you want to book an appointment or something. Um, So you could do it that way. Or I would say, you know, hey, clients, like, and I would talk about X, Y, and Z in one post and it was more geared towards clients. And then I would do like a post geared specifically towards hairstylists. Like, hey, hairstylists, do you feel, you know, burnout from working too much and go on from there, you know?
0: Right, right, right.
2: um, and so it slowly shifted. Did that help answer the question a little bit? <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely. So if I go through your Instagram feed from the beginning, you'll see an evolution to
2: totally. where you are. Tonight. Yeah. So you'll see if you scroll all the way down to the bottom. I think I started it in 2014. So you'll see when I was geared towards hair, you know, definitely towards clients building that behind the chair. Then when I really started to transition and that shift happening from clients to hair sales, and then all the way into hairstylist like a
1: diet, right? It's like, you know, <laughs> totally right. It's like the evolution of, okay, I'm a little overweight. Now <laughs> a diet, I'm shedding off my clients now. I'm free.
2: Yeah. Well, and so it definitely was one of those things where, um, it It happens over time, and the crazy thing was, and what I didn't think would ever happen was when I stopped talking to clients and really gearing towards hair sales, I still got clients asking me for appointments and even to this day, even though i 'm not taking clients, which we 'll get to in a second. Yeah. Uh, I still get client inquiries all the time. Can you do my hair? I want to make an appointment with you. So like, no matter what you do, even if you're like not still trying to grow that business, you'll still get people that are wanting to book an appointment with you because they see the value you're offering maybe to the industry or they see that you're so knowledgeable. They're like, I don't care. I want to go to them to get my hair done because they talk about these things. You're adding value to your posts, to your captions, to your photos. And yeah, they, they want to be a part of that.
0: I love that. Hey, so uh, I have a challenge for anybody that's going to listen to the podcast. So when we finally, I'm going to totally forget about this. This is going to be awesome. So (laughs) finally, when we release Jamie's podcast, I want people to like uh, uh, screenshot her very, very first post on her, on her, and then tag, tag us and tag Jamie in it. And like I said, I'm going to forget about it. So it's going to be awesome.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's actually funny. If you scroll all the way down to my Instagram, I like, I think in the caption, I edited it to say, Hey, you've made it to the end. Comment below so I know that you made it all the way to the bottom. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. So
2: comment. I think it's what it says, something like that, down at the bottom. So yeah, I think it's like a logo, my old school logo. But yeah, that'll be
0: awesome. We'll, uh we'll have our our our, our stories filled with uh, with Jamie's old school lo- logo. Yes, I got to really?
2: make sure it's a good one, though. <laughs>
0: no, you know what are you talking about? So now
1: What's do you have one? clients showing up at your house trying to get their hair done?
2: Oh my gosh. It's so funny. I have people that are like, where's your salon? Where, you know, where do you work at? Especially with YouTube. It's crazy. People, they're like, I'll fly in from wherever to get my hair done by you. And again, it's because I'm adding that value and they see that and they're like, she knows what she's talking about, you know? So.
0: That's awesome. Okay. So how do we, how do we, uh, what's the next transition right into, right into B2B, right? Right. Yeah. How did you, uh, get away from being behind
1: the chair?
2: So that, happened definitely over time. So let's go back, I guess. So I was in my Phoenix. I started my online course at that time, um, was promoting that still working behind the chair. And I decided to actually open up a bigger salon. Um, and so I got a 600 square feet studio and it was just me. And I hired an assistant because my behind the chair business was growing so rapidly. It was like to the point where I was booked out months in advance. I needed to take on new uh, you know, bring on an assistant so I could bring on new clients, um, so that was rapidly growing, and I had no thoughts or desire to get rid of my clientele um so I was in that studio for two years with an assistant, working my butt off, still trying to grow my clientele and I wasn't really like actively trying to grow it um, again, like I was mentioning, people would just still reach out to me and want to get appointments with me. Um, And it was just one of those things where I was trying to grow my online business with the online course and try to grow even in-person speaking engagements and the, uh, you know, behind the chair. And then I also have a retreat that I do for hairstylists. It's like a business retreat with a partner. And so I had a lot of things going on. So actually earlier this year, um, I started working with a husband and wife business coach, um, people that I've looked up to. For years. And they, I did like an intensive 90 day, uh, like working with them. And so when I started working with them, they basically looked at all of my business and they were like, you have six different businesses. And I was like, what? And that was like mind blowing to me, but it was true. I had six different things that I was running. And the thing that I kept telling them was I don't feel like I'm giving 100% anywhere. Like I wasn't giving 100% to my clients, I wasn't giving 100% to my students, I wasn't giving 100% to my husband or to myself and nothing was getting 100% of me and it was because I had too many things. I didn't have the capacity to give any more. And so it was at the point where I was obviously stressed out. I was you know not able to perform. I had no capacity to take on things. I mean, I would get a negative comment or I would get an email with a question and I just couldn't even answer it because I just had no more to give. And so I wasn't showing up the way that I needed to, especially for my students. And so basically they were like, honestly, we want you to break it down to one business, but if you need to get rid of some businesses, that's okay. And so, um, they recommended a book to me called The Pumpkin Plan, which I highly, highly, highly recommend, um, especially if you guys are a stylist, it's amazing. It talks not only just about even like in-person salon, like it not it's not a salon business, but it's like a business book, but it would talk about how to get rid of like those clients that are not your dream clients. Um, but basically the premise of the book is you want to narrow everything down to grow your big pumpkin. And so you want to pour all your time, all your energy, all your love into growing a big pumpkin. And a lot of times, like for me, I had six different pumpkins and you can't physically sustain six pumpkins. They'll never be big pumpkins. They're going to be average size pumpkins and people don't want to come see the average size pumpkins. People flock to come see the massive big ass pumpkin. And so they want to come see the huge pumpkin. And so what you have to do is you have to cut off the other pumpkins off the vine so that your nutrients, so that your time, so that you can be like putting everything into this pumpkin. Um, And so highly recommend the book. It's a really great one. It's by Mike Michalowicz, The Pumpkin Plan. Um, But anyways, so they were like, hey, you got to cut off some pumpkins. And I was like, okay. And obviously when you're growing these pumpkins, you're happy about them. You poured time and energy into them. You don't want to see a pumpkin just die. Like that sucks. Right? Mm -hmm. So it was a hard decision. Um, but ultimately I decided to give up my clientele behind the chair and, um, it wasn't something that was easy at all. Uh, there was definitely a lot of tears shed. I feel like I was cutting off a limb. Um, but at the end of the day, I knew that it was my calling to help more hairstylists grow their businesses. And working behind the chair wasn't helping me achieve that. Um, more hairstylists weren't growing their businesses because I was doing gray touch-ups and doing balayages, you know, that didn't really feed into that goal.
1: You and are so, way beyond <laughs> your years. I mean, that's I mean, crazy. I'm, I am blown away just by the maturity, by the drive. I, Yeah. Thank
0: you. You're, you're <laughs> Thank way you way beyond. I just uh, like, it—it it seems to me—to cut away like, like those those proverbial pumpkins on the vine, right? Like, like doing hair is 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 easily generated money. So that's really what you're cutting away. Right. So like, so like whatever her, whatever her next path is, that's a lot of income that she's gonna have to make out because you I mean, imagine Southern California, she's booked out two or three months in advance. Like she had a nice income that she was cutting away. Like, like how did, how'd you swallow that? Or or more importantly, how did uh, Mark swallow that?
2: That's so funny that you bring him up because he was the one that was like, are we going to be able to do this? Like, I don't know. And I was like, I feel it in my gut. Like, I feel like this is the right decision. And ultimately like behind the scenes of our business, this salon brought in a lot of income, but the expenses are so much. Um, Just the overhead of rent and products. I mean, you guys know color costs a lot of money. Um, So that kind of stuff, just the overhead was so much. So our revenue was a lot but the expenses were also a lot. So the take home wasn't as much. Um, And the online business does really well for me. And it was one of those things where if I wanted to grow one of the businesses, I had to pick and choose. And the online business and the online course has a lot more potential versus me working behind the chair. And another thing that I realized was you know, I was trading time for money. And so being in the salon, I had to physically be there. I had to, you know, mentally be there. I had to, you know, work a lot. Like my body was getting tired. And even though I've only been in the hair industry for about nine years, like I could feel it in my body. My back is sore. You know, I'm mentally tired from talking to clients and stuff. And so having that time freedom wasn't going to be allowed in the salon versus now, um, being working from home and things like that, and really creating my own schedule and, um, being able to kind of do my job from anywhere in the world that we want to is really cool. But yeah, my husband was not convinced in the beginning. Um, but it's crazy because since then, so basically I made the decision to quit my job, um, quit working behind the chair in April. Um, I had to basically feed, you know, like I had clients booked out, so I couldn't just like quit. Um, so I had to finish them out. I had to give them one last appointment and all the logistics behind that. They all, they all cry. They all cried. They are still sad. You know, like I get messages all the time. Like, are you sure you can't take me for one more appointment? I'm like, no, like I literally can't. Um, but you know, it was one of those things where it was like, it, it needed to be done. So basically July 1st was my First official day, you know, quitting my job, um, working for myself, I guess, even though I've worked for myself the whole time. Um, and the crazy thing was my husband actually quit his job as well. He worked in insurance and worked. he worked from home, but he was like in a corporate job where he still had to be mm-hmm. clocked in. Um, so he quit his job July 1st as well. And so basically July 1st, we were both like, all right, here we go. Like we're working for the company. So my husband now works for me um, and for what we do, he answers all my emails. He uh, takes care of all the logistics behind the scenes with our students and wow. all of the operations wow. stuff. But yeah, it was a huge leap of faith. But I'm one of those people where I'm kind of like, I just jump and I hope that either something catches me or I land in water or something. <laughs> like because...
1: Delma and Louise, like riding off the cliff. <laughs> taking yeah, I'm
2: like,
0: let catch me.
2: And here's the thing. I, I, I tell him this all the time. I'm like, you have to just do it. And like, otherwise your fear and your like limiting mindset is just going to hold you back and you're never going to achieve what you want to. And I'm just like a leap and hope something happens kind of thing. And I'll figure it along the way. Like maybe I'll fly. Maybe something will catch me. Maybe I'll fall in water. Maybe I'll fall really hard, but those are going to be lessons that I learn. I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to keep going. And I think those have been the things that have made me so successful is I just keep going. And,
0: Jamie, uh, Jamie's, uh, he's bringing the homeschool home, that's right? right? <laughs> home <and> what? Fear <laughs> is a liar, Fear yeah. is a liar,
2: but it's true. I mean, there's people, I mean, I have students that are like, it didn't work. I'm ready to give up. And I'm like, okay, if you give up, you're never going to see the success on the other side. You have to keep going. You can't give up. And maybe you need to pivot along the way. Maybe things need to change and that's okay. Things have pivoted in my life. I mean, giving up my clientele was not something that I thought was going to happen, but I'm Better for it, and I kept going and I just didn't give up. You know, you gotta pick guy. yourself up, right? That's
0: Maybe the grind, man. You know, for sure,
2: true. you gotta keep going. So that's all that's awesome. like my biggest advice is like, don't quit, just keep going, keep at it, and you're gonna see success eventually, you know.
0: That's awesome. I love that advice. Okay, so um, to be a hundred percent clear and frank and whatever, so uh we met Jamie in LA. Um, I thought we got along pretty well. I, I thought that. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know about right. that. But um, anyway, so I'm reading one of her posts and she wrote something that we've actually talked about a couple of times on the podcast. And um, I, I called it, I, I, on the podcast, I've called it like feeling like a fraud. Um, mm. and, and Jamie used much more eloquent words and um, she called it like imposter syndrome. So um, her post was about the first time that she went to teach a class and how um, she uh, you know, felt like a fraud or felt like an imposter in that room. So I And I, well, I read the post and then I reached out to her within seconds and I go, Jamie, we need to talk about this because I think so many of us, you know, and this is a great segue because, you know, part of that grind is also feeling, being in that position, right? Like like feeling like a fraud or feeling like you're an imposter in that room. So, um, well,
1: especially any, anytime we do something new or try something new or, you know, moving on to the next phase, you're going to feel that way because you don't know or you don't necessarily think like like we talked about in the beginning of the podcast you know we felt that way uh at the uh in LA
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know um yeah i i think it's a great opportunity to uh to share that light with a lot of people that might be struggling with that
0: right and like if you if that, that that's part of the grind yeah. right that that's part of the grind and if you feel that no worries everybody's felt that yeah. you know so uh so Jamie, kind of pick up on that post and why you wrote it and 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 what well first off, what motivated you to write it a couple of years later and then um what that post meant to you.
2: Yeah, so it's funny because <sighs> It's one of those things where I've been wanting to share a little bit more of my story and the not so pretty parts of it. I think with Instagram, so many people just share the beautiful highlight reel and like, look at where I am. And it's like, okay, well, there was a lot of bumpy road that got you there. Um, and what I've really found with my audience is the things that, when I share the more vulnerable posts or the times that I failed or the times that I didn't feel so confident, those are the ones that resonate because I'm a human being, just like everybody else. And So basically I did a post, yeah, talking about the first time I ever taught a class. And again, this is early on in the days of my education. And like I had mentioned, I didn't really want to teach balayage because everybody else was teaching balayage. And so that's when I transitioned into doing business. But early on in those days when I was figuring out what I wanted to do, I had a salon owner um, who lived in Merced, California, which is the middle of nowhere, really, um, of (laughs) California. Um, It's like cow country. And if you didn't realize there are cows here in California, we do have that it's like in the middle of California. So she reaches out to me and she's like, Hey, I'd love to have you come teach a balayage class. Um, I love your work. I think that you'd be great. I'd love to have you come teach a class at my salon. And so I was like, okay, like, I don't know. But I was like, no, like this could be a good, you know, experiment. See if I want to do that more, blah, blah, blah. So I say yes, and the one reason why I said yes, little side note, was I found out, because originally I was just going to drive, it's like six hours from us, but then I found out that there is a private jet that flies from LAX to Merced for $120 round trip, and it's like a little eight-person private jet, and I was like, um, okay, yeah, I will fly a private jet up to Merced, <laughs> and like, that's going to look super cool on Instagram. So anyway, side note, that was kind of one of the reasons why I was like, well, that's easy to get there, so... Uh, Yeah. Flew on a private jet to my first class. Um, So it felt super baller. Right. And if that didn't give me the confidence enough flying in on a private jet, like I don't know what could have, but so I get up there the night before I bring my assistant. And at this point I had just opened my salon. So the class was in early November. I had opened my salon October 1st. So just reeling from this huge salon, huge build out, burnout from that dealing with my clients. I had just hired a new assistant. Um, so learning, and I had never had an assistant before. So like all the, you know, new things that come along with that. So I was already feeling like not very confident, not very like high on the ladder at that point. So I asked my new assistant, I'm like, Hey, can you come to this class with me? And we're going to fly in a private jet. Like, are you cool? she's like, yeah, totally. So we get there the night before and I am just like, overcome with anxiety. Like I couldn't sleep. I felt so crappy that night. And I was just like, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to show up? Like, what if my balayage technique sucks? Like, what if nobody learns from it? Like, and we had a hands-on portion. I was like, what if nobody else can do it? Like, what if this is just my technique that works for me? Like, what if it's spotty? What if the toner doesn't work? Like, God forbid, like, what if the model's hair fries off? Like, I don't know, like that could happen, you know? And so I was so freaked out. So I get to the class, I'm super nervous. I set up, you know, and there, I think there was like maybe 10 people in the class and I was just so nervous, but I got through the class. We did it. People learned things. I had them fill out like uh, feedback forms at the end and nobody gave me bad feedback. So that was good. But it was one of those things where I totally felt like a fraud. Like I was like, I'm not good enough to teach this. Like no one is gonna, what if they don't like it? What if I'm, what if they realize that I'm not a real educator? What if they under like figure out that this isn't what I do? And, um, I'm really thankful for that experience. I learned that I don't really want to teach in salon classes, nor do I want to (laughs) drag around doll heads and teach balayage. So that was something I learned. Um, But it really helped me realize that like, no, you are an educator. People did learn something from you. And one thing that I think I took away from that class and just something that I use throughout all of my experiences now is when you show up and if you impact even just one person, you can make a difference in their life. And that's a huge thing of like it the big fear that holds us back is like, what if nobody likes it or what if, right? And if you kind of can take that, turn that thought off and just think about that one person that you can change or that a one light bulb moment. And your
1: friend Jen Plank says that, right? It might, this this message might not be for everybody, right? But for somebody.
2: Totally. You know? And You know, think about it. You know, that one person could go home and have this amazing technique, or that one person could go home. Like, maybe you feel like a fraud behind the chair and you feel like I'm not really that good, or my blonde highlights aren't that amazing, or whatever. But like, maybe you impacted your client in a different way. Maybe you impacted them by just being there and listening to them, or maybe it's the best hair color they've ever had and you impacted just that one person. So, by showing up, turning off those thoughts of what if, and just trying to impact one person that will really help your imposter syndrome go away because it, it makes it more like reality, you know?
0: I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I mean, early on when we were, uh, and you can even hear it in some of our early podcasts, you know, um, I certainly got stuck up and stuck on, you know, feeling like a professional broadcaster, you know, we're not, Mm -hmm. you know, and and actually what happened with us is that after a few months of doing it, you know, I kind of threw my hands up and was like, Dude, I'm not a professional bo- broadcaster. I mean, a professional broadcaster. I'm going to mess words up. I'm going, and then I just like, you know what? That's who we are. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That, that's who we are. And and I got, uh, I removed the ums. You know, the fear of the ums. You know, I'm like, yeah. we'll just leave the ums. It sounds like conversation, anyways. Totally. And so uh, we You're get, still I'm an imposter, man. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> in your eyes, I'll always be <laughs> an imposter, sir. <laughs> but um, yeah. but yeah, it was it, it. It certainly, in like we even said just a few um uh, a few months ago in L.A. You know, we certainly felt. I, I, it, we had mixed feelings about it. I'm speaking for Tony now, but you know it's like we're there, and we're like, Usually like do. yep exactly, so um you know, we did feel like the room overwhelmed us, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like we've only been doing this for ten months at that point, and we we're like, this is pretty rad you know, like, mm-hmm. like the podcast totally. got us you know got us to this uh this modern salon event you know ten months into into our journey yeah. um, and uh I think that's another thing that I, I i you certainly bring up a few times on on some of your posts as um you refer to your life as a journey. And, and I think that, oh, yeah. I think we need to d- double down on that, you know, that, 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 you know, the journey probably never ends until you die, but be on the journey as opposed to, you know, looking for results all the time.
2: You yeah. Know? And I think that's like, one thing is so many like business self-help things are, what's your goal. Right. And I talk about goals. There's definitely goals that I want to hit, but sometimes on your way to that goal, on your journey, things change or, you know, things need to pivot in order for you to hit a different goal. And so for me, I actually don't even like writing out yearly goals because who knows what's going to happen. Like if I had written down yearly goals this year, dude, I would have been totally screwed because things changed so much this year, so much for the better. I'm so thankful for it. But six months into my journey this year, things pivoted. And I didn't know that that was going to happen at the early part of this year, but it's Mm -hmm. totally a journey. And yeah, I even say like, I don't tell people like, thanks for following me. You know, I'm like, thanks for following along my journey. And I hope that it helps you with yours too. You know, like I just want to show up, try to act as much like a real person because I am a real person, no matter what the number is next to my name um, or how many people take selfies with me at shows. Like Mm -hmm. I'm still a real human being just like you are. And I want to show up as, as much as I can in that way.
1: Beautiful. That is beautiful. Uh, earlier, you mentioned, we're going to change gears just a little bit. Uh, you uh, brought up the uh, retreat that you started. Can you uh, dive into that a little bit?
2: Yeah. So I'm um, um, a good be
1: about everything.
2: Totally. Yeah. So I have a friend, her name's Piper and um, she was doing greatest a- name ever, by the way. Piper. Yeah. She's so sweet. Um, so she basically was doing these monthly meetups for hairstylists and makeup artists called blend gatherings. And, um, we, I went to her very first one because originally I had kind of thought like maybe I should do something like that, like free meetups for hairstylists and she was doing it. So I was like, hey, I'm going to go support her because she's already doing That's awesome. So I went to the first one and um, her and I had kind of known each other through uh, a lot of different friends like in the photography industry. And so I was like, hey, we should get lunch after and blah, blah, blah. So um, her and I are super like-minded and we were. she was like, I kind of want to do like I don't know, some sort of retreat for makeup artists. And I was like, I really want to do a retreat for hairstylists. And I was like, why don't we do it together? Um, And so we just started talking and it just kind of came about. But we decided to do a retreat that's business oriented. um, So no techniques involved, all business um, for hair and makeup artists. And now it's transitioned. It's definitely more hairstylists um, just because of the audience that I have a lot of hairstylists want to come. So we've done two <laughs> retreats, um, which we did one earlier in February this year, and then one just in October. And we're on the way to planning our third one. And it's just blown our minds. It's been so cool. We've been able to meet some rad people. Um, and yeah, so we have speakers that come. We've had some big names. We've had like Exo Stylist, so Ash Fortis. We've had Don Bradley. Um, we had Brianna Cisneros. Oh my gosh, just tons of amazing people, um, be speakers, but then we've also had such amazing attendees and that's been just so cool. And, um, we're big on the relationship thing. So we want people to not just come to the retreat to change their business, but really to walk away with a new accountability partner or a new friend or a new like sister, you know? So yeah, it's been really, really cool.
0: I I love kind of what's going on in the industry right now. Um, there's, there's, you know, there's a few other retreats out there. I know Elizabeth Faye has her great retreat as mm-hmm. well. And, and I love, I mean, I wish there was a thousand retreats for hairdressers because honestly, you can only, or you to be effective, it has to be a small number. Anyways, you know what if it's you know thirty hairstylists and you know I, I think Elizabeth, you know she like kind of like when she does her away her Utah retreat. I think that's like thirty to forty hairdressers. So I mean, there's so many more than thirty or forty or eighty people. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of wish that there was retreats everywhere because. I really, really like that 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 trend in the industry and and how it's not all about the hair. It's not even all about the business, but but it's about the relationships, you know. And mm-hmm. it's not just an online relationship, but it's actually a personal face to face relationship. So, you know, um, actually, I kind of want to I kind of want to uh, attend one just to kind of see what it's uh, see what it's all about. But I'm I'm I really dig the idea in in, in the self help and the self uh, self wealth. I'll be your yeah. little bit, buddy. <laughs> been forever. Yeah.
2: yeah and there's actually another one that i just saw pop up called hair camp or something and um they are so shout out to them i don't even know who runs it but um, <laughs> they i think it's more like technique based but that's so cool you know like different right. people want different things and like elizabeth and i were actually good friends and it's cool i've been able to watch her journey of her retreats and theirs is just different than ours. And that's, what's so cool. Like there's different retreats for different types of people for different way that people learn. And I think it's awesome. So yeah, I I think it's a cool Mm -hmm. trend. I think we'll see it popping up a lot more, um, which is exciting, you know, like, well, it's exciting.
0: Yeah. I was, until the brands get involved, you know. Like once the yeah, brands exactly. get involved, you know, we yeah. kind of move. I did a retreat year I, I don't know, we'll call it a retreat. We didn't call it a retreat <laughs> at the time, but but years ago there's this uh there's this New York colorist and he's been a colorist for a hundred years in our industry. And his name is Tom Dispensa. And what he did is he did a class for about probably about sixty hairstylists, but he did it in Mexico. So oh cool. We, yeah. So we all went down to Cancun and we got a hotel together and he had this big block room. And then, you know, every day until like one or two o'clock we were in class and then we got the rest of the afternoon off to go and play. And then um he started a little bit later to ten AM because he knew that hairdressers going out to play weren't gonna really call time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But it, but it was like it was a great, great class and it was just super intense, like uh intensive like uh like like color theory training and and it was really great again it wasn't a retreat but that's kind of how i see this this kind of stuff evolving um you know bringing a lot of people in um in a uh, controlled audience
2: yeah, totally. And like Piper and I, we have feel like, you know, there's so much, like we don't live in a scarcity mindset. We're like, here's the thing. There's so much to go around. Like you said, there's so many hair salons out there and we are just so excited to see that trend in the industry. Like we feel like we are one of the first ones, but we're excited to see what else comes from that and who else like creates their own retreat, which is so cool. So yeah, we're hundred percent supportive of that.
1: I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. How, can, how can somebody find the retreat yeah what's it called by so
2: it's called ember retreat so we're on instagram it's ember.retreat on instagram or just go to emberretreat.com
0: and that's e-m-b-e-r
2: yes ember that's like a spark in all flame.
0: genders you know, um so
2: ours is geared towards women um no, no. but <laughs> yeah. yeah i i know i know but i think this hair camp one is all well, everybody yeah right. yeah we've talked about doing like conferences and stuff too like that are a little bit shorter um so yeah we're just we're playing with the idea we definitely have had uh you know different ideas come up so stay tuned we might <laughs> you know. okay. Yeah, <laughs> We'll let you know for sure. <laughs>
0: well, 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 certainly you can jump on it and, 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 and talk about it on the podcast. Anytime uh, you totally we get her and Piper together to talk. Ooh,
2: about it. Yeah, we would love
1: that. Yeah, That'd be great. We can it's talk good about call.
0: that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll bring her and Piper together and they can kind of talk about how the evolution of it. I like
1: that. Yeah. And would okay. you like to, can we have you back on about, uh, like little small talk business, uh,
2: totally. Yeah. 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 You know, that's like, I love doing that kind of stuff. So this yeah. is my jam. <laughs>
0: Jam, Jim, a jam. That's awesome. Um, and then so your online classes, it's it's uh, is is it a hashtag? Oh, hot gram.
2: So it's called Oh Hot Graham. Um, that's just the name of the program. So we only open the doors a couple times a year. Um, so right now the doors are closed, but we'll be opening them in probably early February or March. So if so you want to get Oh say,
0: Hot Graham, is that your online class?
2: That's my online course. Yeah.
0: It's online yeah. course.
2: Yeah. And basically what it is, it's it's how to utilize Instagram as a hairstylist to grow your business. So it's step-by-step everything you need to know. And kind of going back to what I was talking about really earlier is how do you create content that speaks to those dream clients and then converting those clients into actual paying clients behind the chair. Um, but it's great for, if you're wanting to grow your business as a hairstylist behind the chair, or if you're wanting to grow kind of your impact in the industry and become more of an educator or an influencer. So it really works. And basically I share everything that I've ever learned about Instagram from growing my clientele now into being an influencer, um, and being, you know, an educator. So any way you want to grow your business in the hair industry, it's definitely what you want to learn. So.
0: That's amazing. I'm yeah, blown I'm a blown. I'm blown away by this young lady.
2: <laughs> well, thank yeah. you.
0: Totally. I mean,
1: so, like I said fun. earlier, she's beyond her years, and I'm totally impressed by you, and uh,
0: definitely a, a fan. Thank yeah. you. Yeah.
2: Oh, you guys are awesome. In her
0: presence, I feel like uh, uh, I'm, I'm suffering with my imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like well, it's so girl. funny because
2: right before you guys had me on here, I was like, what am I even going to say? Like, totally was feeling imposter syndrome this morning. So if that makes you feel better, like, <laughs> I was feeling it this morning, too.
0: We're- we're a room full of frauds right now. <laughs>
2: right? I know. Also. We shouldn't even be up here.
0: That's incredible. Oh, yeah. So uh, so listen, I'm I'm gonna take us out because I think that um I think we have a lot to talk about, but I, I think we we'll pick up other podcasts for doing that. So um hundred percent. Cool. So I dude, I'm just really excited. Um, so uh, Miss Jamie Dana hairstylist or at Jamie Dana Hairstylist, <laughs> thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off.
2: Thank you so much for having me. This is like so fun. I felt like it was a real conversation and just really uh, easy going. So I love that.